1: welcome to the ninja turtle power hour i'm spencer toon i'm keith mcguffey and i'm mike templeton and this week we're going to be recovering the Return to New York arc in the original volume one of the Mirage series. So it's issues nineteen through twenty-one. It's a fantastic arc.
2: This was this was pretty cool. Uh, definitely, again, first time I'm I'm reading these books. I, I knew about Return to New York, um, but as I was younger, like I kind of threw it in with uh, City at War. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I kind of in my head, I guess I thought it, you know, kind of fed into that, which clearly it doesn't. Yeah. Other than both taking place in New York and involving the turtles, and-
1: <laughs> I mean, it yeah. definitely is a is a big deal for, I guess, the story because I mean, if you if you take out the guest era and you take this as the story that just Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman are telling, like this arc is what causes City at War to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: I mean that and yeah, you're you're not wrong there. Um I mean wh- what's also really cool about it is you know I I'd, I'd been saying in some of our previous episodes for uh the Northampton arc, like how it was taking forever. Mm-hmm. And we got that confirmation in this issue that it's been a year
0: that they've yeah. been gone. Yeah, I didn't realize that they had like the actual like solid date, like it's been exactly a year. This yeah. this starts on a like, Christmas issue basically.
2: Yeah, and it and it ends like right before christmas so mm-hmm. it's um it it, it it still feels weird that they were gone for so long yeah and just kind of and just kind of having adventures in another state while leaving new york alone
0: yeah well and we've mentioned too like a lot of other iterations there's like some reason for them to go back that's like you know an alien invasion or, or something that drives them back to new york and this is just kind of mm-hmm. like we got to get back and like Wrap up this story of constant revenge. Right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Like we we've got to take down the shredder and you know yeah. get rid of this shadow from our past. Mm-hmm. So you know it's definitely one of those things where you can tell that they've been there for a while. And anyway, we'll we'll definitely get talking about it probably more.
0: That also means because if I remember right, issue ten ends with or no, I'm sorry, issue eleven because that's the one with April's diary. I think her last diary is in like the middle of March, which means that everything we've read has been in the last like seven months. They've had a really busy time in Northampton. Yeah.
2: Like, <laughs> it, and, and I, I said it before, too, like, it's really weird that all of this stuff is happening outside of New York, because like, usually in comics, New York is the big city where everything happens. So Yeah.
1: Yeah. So if you are following along with like, you know, what issues we've read, you'll notice that we have skipped some. Because just before this is kind of the beginning of the guest era, and then this, these three issues, and then it's just pure guest era. You know, only guest comic books until City at War. So we're going to so, be entering into that after
2: this. And so, for if you guys don't know, the guest era is kind of, kind of outside of the canon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like these, there's stories that don't necessarily take place in the turtle story proper. Um, you could fit them in kind of anywhere. They're very silly uh to just kind of what stories um so that is kind of why we
0: skipped those
1: yeah we are i think
0: we are cherry picking just a couple of it like yeah you kind of fit in the continuity that were written initially as being in the continuity and that don't break continuity so we will be covering a couple of those but yeah for the most part we're leaving out the like Michael Zully, Soul's Winter, kind of stuff.
2: We can't leave out Soul's Winter. No,
1: we'll we'll cover it after, you know. But I got the, is, is, is the
2: hardcover. I'm not leaving that it, out. It doesn't <laughs> it
1: doesn't fit
0: in like the actual story though, because it's like its yeah. own universe. So. <laughs> yeah,
2: it doesn't fit in the Turtle story properly. I should have
0: sorry. I should have used the the Head and McWeenie stuff. We're leaving that yes. stuff out. The spaced out stuff. I mean, we'll we'll there cover we'll cover all this stuff after we get done with the
1: beginning to the end of Mirage. I feel like, I mean, maybe not just <laughs> tales of the TMNT. You know, before we cover tells the two NT volume two, we'll go back and get the guest era, uh, what we missed. But uh, for now,
2: just know meantime,
1: that we're trying to make a story happen here. Yeah.
2: <laughs> we're trying. If you guys have been following along, there's a point
1: to all of this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> there's a method to my madness.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of telling a, a story on this podcast, Spencer, you want to start us off by telling us a story? I will. The Ancient One did tell me a story I think you guys
1: would want to hear. About Master Splinter's master, Hamato Yoshi. Well, let's hear it. Our first issue, number 19, came out in March 1989. The writers are Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. Pencils were done by Jim Lawson. Inks by Peter Laird. Letters by Steve Levine. Our story opens with Mike, Raph, and Don all in a room in the Northampton house. And Raph is complaining loudly, trying to get Mike and Don's attention. Uh, after they ignore him, he explodes and yells out how they need to go finish the job and kill Shredder. And that the reason they haven't haven't done that is because Leo is scared. He's lost it. Just then, Leo enters, and he is not happy. Raph says it's time to go, but Leo tries to stop him. It escalates into an intense fight. Raphael eventually throws Leo through a wall. And leaves for New York. In the next scene, we see Raph awoken in the sewers by the sound of patrolling foot ninja. He lays in wait and then attacks them. After slaying them, he hears more and then slays that group of ninjas as well. He listens for more and goes after them, but then finds that what he's looking for is not foot ninja now. It's something huge off panel. We then cut to his brothers running through New York, heading down to their old trashed lair. When they open the door, Raph is there waiting for them. He tells them that he has a plan and a little help. Just as he mentions his little help, it enters the room. The three brothers are shocked to be face to face with a Triceraton.
0: Bum, bum, bum. Uh, I've got issue 20. This was released in April of 1989, written by Eastman Laird. Pencils by Lawson, Inks and Tones by Talbot, and Letters, again, by Steve Levine. So this so this Triceratops name is Zog, and he's talking crazy, and he keeps wheezing. Uh, apparently, Earth's atmosphere is messing with his head, or at least he's inhaled too much sewer gas, one or the other. Uh, but he knows where the Foot Clan is hiding and promises to take no prisoners. As Michelangelo comments that what they're doing with Zog is kind of crazy, Zog starts inspecting a part of the sewer floor and smashes through it. Below them is a Foot communication center. The turtles and Zog beat up/kill all of the Foot soldiers in the room. Uh, Zog is on a rampage until Raf tells him to stop. Zog apparently thinks that Raf is Commander Zoraf and listens to him. Don's able to hack the Foot computer to find the Foot's outposts and plans where to attack, a former bank called Hudson Block. He rigs the alarm system to create a series of diversions to pull the Foot Clan away from their posts so they can infiltrate the building. Zog uses his gun to cut a hole into the floor of the bank for the Turtles to climb up through. Raphael casually mentions that they're on a suicide mission to kill Saki. The Turtles continue into the old bank and run across some Foot Soldiers. They try to be stealthy, but Zog does not. Uh, They then run into some sort of Foot Training Room on accident but manage to beat up all the foot ninja there. They make their way to some transportation tunnels and hijack a truck. They slam it into the end of the tunnel and fight with some more guards. Zog is shot several times in the fight and his gun is running out of ammo, but he defeats all the guards and makes his way to the door of Saki's fortress. At the door, Zog is greeted by a deadly flash of steel. As the turtles mourn Zog, they see three creatures standing in the shadows, the three mutant shredder clones.
1: Wow. Wow.
2: Poor Zog. Poor Zog.
0: We hardly knew him.
2: We hardly knew ye. Issue 21, released in May of 1989, covered by Jim, Uh, Kevin and Peter on writing, Jim on pencils, Kevin on inks this time, Uh, Steve Levine doing letters, a battle erupts between the Shredder Elite and the Turtles. As things intensify, Raph decides that he can't afford to waste time fighting the underlings and heads off to find Shredder, much to Leonardo's chagrin. We must stay together! Raph leaves his brothers to fight the battle with the Elite and heads deeper into the complex, where he's ambushed by four experienced ninja. Leo drops his four-armed opponent and heads off to pursue his hot-headed brother. Leo arrives just in time to save Raph, who is wounded and about to be skewered. Meanwhile, things are not going well for Donatello and Michelangelo, who are still facing the two Shredder elite and a bevy of gun-toting foot ninja. Fortunately, Mikey, wielding Don's dropped bow, manages to take out both elite with one well-aimed strategy. Leo continues on into the foot headquarters in search of Shredder, finally pausing outside of a door. Donnie and Mikey are pinned down by gunfire, hiding behind some crates. Mikey pulls out a shuriken and says, make each one count raf arrives but laments the poor tactical position that his siblings are trapped in leo enters the door and emerges onto the rooftop of the building the shredder is there leonardo i've been waiting a long time notes the enemy too long adds leo three years ago i saw you die why do you haunt us the shredder explains that through ancient practices, the foot were able to make the pieces of his body that were blown to bits way back in issue one, and bring him back by util- utilizing a type of worm that learns from and grows into what it eats. Back in the dock area, Mikey and Donnie are throwing are down to their final throwing star, and as Mikey launches a small projectile, he and Donnie spot Raph arriving in the odd in an odd four-armed vehicle, which scatters the foot. On the rooftop, Leo and Shredder begin their monumental battle. Donnie asks where Leo is, and Raph tells him he's busy. Raph then grabs a rocket launcher and fires into the tower, releasing a torrent of deadly chemicals. The Shredder has taken the upper hand in the battle with Leo, and Saki gets a vicious kick in that sends Leo sprawling to the ground where he's stunned and defeated. As Shredder prepares to deliver the killing blow, the roof splits open under the strain of the chemicals that Raph unleashed. The damage knocks the villain off his feet, giving Leo an opportunity to stand. He and Shredder are now separated by a rift in the rooftop, but both charge at each other, Ninja guidance style. Where we see Leo and the Shredder passing one another in midair, there's a hairline thin slice separating Shredder's head from his shoulders. A gigantic explosion blows the massive hole into the roof, shattering all the windows and sending a huge fireball into the sky fade into the sewers a figure is walking in the shadows carrying something the secret doorway to the turtle's lair opens revealing a mourning mikey don and Raph who look on in surprise leo mike begins orokusaki the shredder is dead announces leo it's finished our destiny is complete honor is restored and we have one final task And then on a double page spread on the last issue or on the last page, the four brothers are standing by the harbor beneath them. The body of the shredder is burning on a floating funeral pyre.
1: You know, that way you can't feed it to any more worms. Yeah,
2: yeah. Just (laughs) making sure, making sure there's nothing left that time.
0: Have you all read any of uh, Tales Volume 2? Because we're going to learn more about those worms in a couple (laughs) of years.
2: You know, know, we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get into that in our next section. Mm -hmm.
0: All right. Like, I'm I'm amazed you're able to say "rift" in the rooftops so quickly. Rift in the rooftops. Yeah,
1: took a little practice. Okay, let's get into the second time around. (laughs) Hey, nice junk.
2: So, like, a lot of this story, like I said, I I knew through just kind of being generally around the turtles uh, fandom in like the early 2000s. So like mm-hmm. I knew about the mutant shredders, I knew about the worms which I thought was really weird and was like I'm like that's totally an 80s thing. Um and reading these three issues it really did feel <laughs> exactly like I've always thought. Yeah. Like it's
0: so it's
2: it's weird but it's like in a it's weird in a way that this series kind of earned. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, you gotta just
0: go with it. I mean, at this you point you just go they've with it. space and back. I mean, they fought Aliens have landed in their front yards and they can melt with water and stuff. Like it's, it fits in this crazy world.
2: Yeah. Well, like it's, it sounds silly, but it, it just works.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing is, is like apparently these worms are real. You know, like granted, uh, yeah. like it was mysticism that like makes them actually like, you know, form the shredder, you know, cause it's science with mysticism is the mm-hmm. idea to create, you know, something that may be considered unnatural
2: yeah uh, uh, apparently i was reading um, about the clone shredder and apparently uh, peter got the idea of the worms from seeing a science experiment where trained tapeworms were ground and fed up to other tapeworms and then some of the tapeworms that ate the ground up ones seemed to like remember the training from the ones they ate
1: that's wow.
0: insane
2: and so that is what inspired this, according to Turtlepedia. Weird that's,
0: science. That's the plot of the comic book, Chew. <laughs> it, like, you know,
2: it is. It is <laughs> yeah. I, I only have the first volume of Chew, but I'm like, that is basically Chew and like iZombie.
0: Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Chew is great, by the way. I, it I is. I, I really like it. I,
2: I need to keep reading it. I I bought that first trade for like free comic book day and like I need to go back and finish yeah. going on that.
1: I have not ever read you. It's
2: a new. It's a trip.
0: It yeah. High high praise from Keith McGuffey. If that means anything to you, um, it does. It. Yeah, they're going to put that on okay. the next
2: publication. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <so.
0: laughs> treasury edition. Forward by <laughs> treasure, a guy you've never heard Treasury edition
2: of. Of. of Chew on the back. Yeah. Keep me going, yeah. it's Turtle Power Hour.
0: <laughs> <He's> good. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> so
1: it's it's, it's good. good. It gets my recommendation. Yeah, if that, if that matters, matters you. to you.
2: If yeah. that matters <laughs> to you, specifically. Um, I love yeah. it. So, so like I said, uh, I, I knew about these stories kind of through osmosis, um, and uh, it, it's kind of cool to see it played out. Um, in fact, like when I started reading it, uh, like i messaged you guys immediately and i was like this feels different it really when, does doesn't it like mm. this felt good like this was I, okay i think this is the kind of stuff that people think they remember from mirage or, like when they yes. say they, they say mirage is like better i think it's specifically like this kind of stuff
1: Yes, it's this city at war and like the shredder coming back in issue one. It's specifically just the foot arcs, is what they're thinking of.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I actually, which is, which is fine, mm-hmm. but you can't act like it's you know, because, because even though this is a foot arc, we still have a triceraton in it,
0: yeah, right. Uh, I think that this story specifically was just written in response to like the cartoon because there are. I have both the black and white originals and the color classics reprints, which weirdly like the color classics only list Eastman and layered as artists. They don't mention anyone else, which is kind of strange. Oh weird. yeah, that
1: is weird.
2: I, yeah. didn't, I didn't notice that. I, Cause I, yeah. I was, I started reading the black and white. Um, and it just, it kind of all started blurring together and I had to switch to the color versions for my eyes.
0: Yeah. It makes sense. But there's, In the back of each of those original black and white prints, they have these editorials. And like the first one is about them labeling their material as like four kids or four adults. And they're Mm -hmm. like, we're not going to do that. It should stand on its own. The next one is about their scheduling and uh, how they're all, this is, they're at five years of making Ninja Turtles and they're only on issue 20. Mm -hmm. But they're like, you know, we've done a whole lot more. And you'll notice this is the first time for Eastman and Lair that it's been released month to month. This is, March, April, May, these came out.
2: Oh, yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah. And then the last one is about just kind of the criticism of them selling out. And they they tell the story of, like, three kids coming out to them, and this 10-year-old was like, you know, you kind of ruined Ninja Turtles when you made a serial of them, (laughs) which is a ridiculous thing for a 10-year-old to say to them. Yeah. But, I mean, every pendulum swings in two different directions. So they they have a funny cartoon, and now they have Return to New York, right? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean... there's
1: also a part of me that kind of wonders if some of it also does come from, I mean, this is total speculation, but like at this point, like Peter and Kevin were kind of like not really working together anymore. Right. Like they were super busy. They weren't really getting to work on comics anymore. Yeah,
2: Maybe like, cause this is still like, like my issue was may, was may 1989. Like Mm -hmm. that's not even a year after uh, you know what? Actually, number I was thinking that I think of the toy line. Yeah, we're like two years in eighty-seven at this point.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and we're we're past where they said they were gonna like trade off issues. And even yeah, these yeah. are like kind of filtered through Jim Lawson, Eric Talbot, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a part of me that wonders if like,
1: you know, once again, total speculation, if this also just kind of comes a bit from this maybe possibly being I don't know, just like they're not really getting along. I mean, I guess I'd have, no, I wasn't there. Yeah. You, you weren't know, I, even born yet. I wasn't even born yet to have any I mean, speculation on this. You're but. right.
2: Like, yeah, like we we don't know exactly when the relationship started to kind of sour. Um, well, but we, it does make sense that it is kind of around this time.
1: Yeah, well, we do know when, because back at the end of the, when Shredder strikes back, like in their commentary... Like that's when Kevin says that they were really starting to butt heads and that they uh were kind of struggling as a
2: well. Never mind, don't listen to me.
0: So it was that early. I, you know, I guess it it
2: does feel super early, right?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I just it's just kind of one of those things that I think it just happened super super slowly. You know, over time they just kind of went apart as.
2: Well yeah like you know they they probably didn't expect to become, you know, worldwide sensations for this stupid book about, you know, mutant turtles. Oh, not yeah. at all. You know, I mean like, it's
0: it's almost like they accidentally got married. Like they were hanging out a bit that for maybe a year, they made this book, suddenly it's super popular and now they're co-managing a a worldwide empire like I I could see that being very stressful for any relationship. So. Yeah. yeah,
2: no, you're 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 absolutely right. Like they I mean, we don't know like we know they were good friends when they created the turtles but like did they plan on you know kind of always working together like Peter was like how many years older than Kevin was he's like eight like,
0: years older I think
2: but like he, he seems like he's like you know 20 years old Yeah. Like, Pete yeah. Pete's an old I mean he's an old soul mm. and like Kevin was like I'm gonna take my Ninja Turtles money and buy a tank yes you yeah. know And which he actually did, if you guys Mm -hmm. are listening and didn't know
1: that. (laughs) So, and and it's like he bought the Batmobile from Batman 67 (laughs) or 60, whatever year it is, 66. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, yeah, like they're two,
2: two very, very different guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and we've talked about it, just like you can tell when it's a Kevin issue and when it's a Peter issue. Like that translated into real life.
1: Yeah. But I also think that's why when they do like work together, you get like such a good story is because like you get just such two like different ideas and different ways of telling a story and then Mm -hmm. you mix them together and it just makes something awesome. You know, you get these these cool sci fi concepts and stuff from Peter and then you get like the love of action and stuff from Kevin Eastman and you just mix those together. And that's,
0: in my opinion, what kind of made Ninja Turtles
1: Ninja Turtles.
0: Yeah, if you take out like the Triceraton, Zog, and the worms, like this is a very Kevin Eastman story. Yeah. I mean, Which it's, it's just like flying by the seat of your pants, action, 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 action until the bad guy dies. Right. But mm-hmm. Peter injects a little more sci fi and, and stuff in there to, to keep it interesting. Yeah.
2: The cover to issue 20 um, with, with Zog and kind of like all beat up and stuff. Um, I, I'm trying I know that's an homage to a cover.
0: Oh, it's isn't it the uh, Dark Knight Returns when Batman's That's like- right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, like I I was picturing
2: it and I'm like I know that's I know that's an homage to something. Yeah, and it's, and it's one of the covers to um Dark Knight Returns.
0: Yeah. And speaking of homages to other comics like the the cover of each of these issues is also the first page of the issue, which is how Watchmen is too. Hmm. So oh. it's, it's kind of an homage to that as well. I
2: noticed that, but I didn't. I didn't pick up on the Watchmen connection.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they were also just getting started with the movie at this time, as well. Yep. Uh, in the that's what Kevin or Peter, I think it was Kevin, said in the uh, in the notes and the Ultimate Collection on this one. Very cool. So that's kind of one Man. of the other things going on in the background here, via <laughs> Fly on the Wall and Mirage
0: at this time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, there's, there's these videos called two pals chat where Kevin Eastman and Paul Jenkins talk about like the Mirage studios (laughs) and like when the cartoon took off, like pretty much everyone there that was creating stories and everything. And like Paul Jenkins got hired on around this time, their job pretty much became licensing people for like days. Like they would just be like saying yes or no to things or what they needed to do to change designs of things. So like that's, the super, super, like, busy time that was going on around here, which is also why they had to have the guest era, because Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird could not keep up with this.
0: Two Pals Chat, you said?
1: Yeah, it's called Two Pals Chat. And it's I need got, to check those out. They're super long. You know, you'll have to sit in on them, but <laughs> I I was dedicated enough to listen to them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also think we have the first appearance of the Mutant Shredders in these Uh, issues they i mean i don't think i know we do for sure
0: it's like the first and only really i mean they
1: show up again in 2012 and the 2003 series oh i
0: i just been like in this oh in this yeah Yeah. definitely yeah yeah
1: Yeah. and then the schematics for the building that were in issue 20 were actually made on peter ledd's computer they didn't draw those
2: i was wondering about that yeah because I was like, these are just weird enough. But no, they look good.
1: Yeah, I think they look pretty cool. It's also, I think, the first time we've seen the foot use guns. Like, we've seen ninjas with guns, because uh, in- yep. nine those guys come out, but this is the first time I've seen foot ninjas pulling out.
0: Yeah, well,
1: It's the first time we've seen them use guns in the comic books, because I guess technically they've probably already used laser guns in the cartoon.
0: Right.
2: <laughs> well, I was going to say... You know, and using guns was one of the things that the Michael Bay Turtles, you know, movies homaged. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. people say there's no Mirage connection there. There
0: it is. There you go. There it is. Yeah.
2: We also got the first appearance of Krang. So people who say Krang's not in Mirage.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is a, so Mike. That was a Mike joke. This, this that joke of, doesn't work. That just does, yeah. that joke doesn't I'm work. Ex- in, I'm going to explain it right now. <laughs> in Mike audio form. Picture. It, it's it's one of the panels of the comic. It's Leo fighting one of those elite Shredder ninjas, and their swords clang. But it says "crang" across the top of it is the sound effect. would so. you almost wonder if it was like intentionally just kind of a smart aleck joke.
1: Maybe maybe there's fans asking, like, are we going to see crang in the comics? Yeah, and they're like, "crang." Maybe there you go.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe is not. It, like like I said, <laughs> like this is
2: after eighty seven started, so maybe. Yeah. yeah. I just thought that I just thought that was funny. So,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, but it wouldn't surprise me if these issues were kind of made to distinguish from the cartoon. Like this is our thing. <laughs>
0: oh, I 100% believe. Uh, like I said, every pendulum swings in two directions. It mm-hmm. swung to kids' cartoon, uh, coming back for like body count, basically before body count came out. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> yeah,
1: there is there's a lot of killing in this one. Raphael.
0: But it's mostly just Raph
1: doing It's it. mostly just Raph. Yeah, yeah, Leo. Leo seems like he takes out a few as well. With this,
0: takes swords. out some of the elites at the end, but mm-hmm. like they were about to kill Raph, So Yeah, yeah. yeah Raph to, quote is, Arnold, to
2: quote Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah, but they were all bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's the other thing about this is I feel like because because the murder isn't actually super common in the Mirage series. I think that's also what makes it stand out so much to those people that talk about the, the killing. And I feel like it also has a lot to say about whatever story is currently going on. And like, that's why those moments are so potent. Like if this whole series was filled with, with the, you know, with them just stabbing people all the time, I don't think it would hit as hard as it does when it happens.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Like they, it's, it's all like in self-defense and it's like, like, Tom Waltz said in our last interview, like, you don't want to have this kind of stuff all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that's what gotta, helps make it feel different than what we've read before. Like, it just yeah, very exactly. much sticks out as a different kind of story. So,
1: yeah, and it well it's very much like, and it just kind of lets you know where like Raphael is at mentally right now.
0: Like, he is, yeah, we've always angry. said, like, the turtles <laughs> don't kill, and then there's Raphael, <laughs> 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 Leo, turtles I mean, don't
2: kill, asterisk,
0: yeah, then there's Raphael. Raphael. Leo at this point he's like three and zero against Shredders though because like he he ran Shredder through in issue one he kills the the forearm Shiva Shredder in this and then he kills the clone Shredder after that so he's he's batting a thousand man yeah he's doing a good I think he also kills Shark one
1: as well you might be right yeah I will have to go back and read that but I'm pretty sure he kills Shark Shredder as well yeah, yeah, yeah. four and zero Leo against Shredder four and zero man. I on oh, their mind. I guess they lose against him in uh in second time around.
0: Well, but he doesn't die. Yeah, that was, was, that was the whole. That was away. the whole, was yeah.
2: in, was the whole right. impetus to go to.
0: Yeah. You know, it Was a draw to go to Northampton <laughs> for a yes. year. Yeah, he's four and zero oh and one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, is there a different foot elite design in this, or is that just like Shredder's elite guard, and then what we saw before with the big hats? Is like this foot I, elite.
2: I felt like they were just drawn differently this time, because uh, okay. I, I did I did notice that too, and I was like the I was like the hats aren't as big.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, like they do the show up in the H-10, right?
1: Yes, but I think they call them the foot elite next. That, that's when they have the big white hat, and so I think these might be the elite Shredder's elite guard, which I think maybe is why they have different costumes but they yeah. but i thought i thing.
2: thought like the ones with the hats were called the foot mystics
1: no that's like a 2003 thing and that's when they've got like the the crazy like a clamshell yeah, the clamshell so
2: look, thing, at, yeah. look at me referencing 2003
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. but yeah i did so the, were the foot elite guard in issue 10 or was it just regular foot
1: soldiers like foot elite are in issue 10 they're also in, yeah they're, they're they first in showed 10. up in leo in The
0: Leonardo One shot. Because
2: they were they were chasing them yeah. around in the Leo book.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing they picked up hats and dropped them at some point or something. Yeah, and then they pick them back up again for City of War later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> they were doing good with the hats, and then like half of them died without hats. So they're like, okay, we gotta put the hats back on, guys. Like that was the thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Well, then let's get into Anchovies. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing, and you're in big trouble. Okay. i call let you know.
2: So they just left Casey and April. Just didn't even tell them.
0: They, dude, they didn't even consult Splinter. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like,
0: <laughs> I thought the same thing too.
2: <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I was like, I was least... like, where's where's the other people they went out to Northampton with? Yeah.
1: Like they just <laughs> decide to leave. I mean, I feel like they're probably following pretty closely after Raphael left i mean new york city is a big place mm-hmm. it's possible they were looking around for him and they just left like
0: as soon as leo regained consciousness after being thrown through a wall <laughs> yeah or maybe it's like the idea that like april was like april and casey are making breakfast the next day they're sipping on a coffee and in comes like the turtles all bloodied and battered and they're like what the hell happened like oh we went to new york and killed our greatest enemy last <laughs> night you know you didn't tell us <laughs>
1: Shredder just, or not shredder, but splinter, just being like, "Very good, my sons." <laughs> good, <yes. Just laughs> Turns like around I and goes you. back it into the room without
0: telling me anything. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is kind of weird now that you mention it. I never noticed. I didn't even think about that.
2: That was that was one of the first things I noticed. I was like, "There's no Casey, April, or Splinter in the in these issues."
1: Yeah, I mean, they probably. I feel like, you know, they maybe could have given a page to them, like saying, "Like Splinter, raph has gone." Like, we're going to go after him and him being like, you have my blessing or something, you know, like, go, go end this. Yeah. But.
2: Well, like, I mean, Splinter's whole thing was that like he trained them to kill Shredder. And it's like, hey, remember that thing you trained us that we're going to do the whole reason? Like, he came and kicked our ass and that's why we're out here. We're going to go try and kill him again. And it's like, you don't think Splinter would have wanted to be a part of that?
0: Mm hmm. This one's kind of missing some of those like character moments that the Leo ten and eleven had. Mm-hmm. It's just it's really just all action after that initial conflict between Leo and Raph. Yeah. Speaking of uh, characters missing, didn't the Turtles give their lair to Leatherhead? Where is he?
2: Was this okay? So was this the same lair? Like,
0: I, because I, I don't remember the door before. I believe it is. I kind of remember the door, but also rafts when they come in. Raph says "Welcome home," which makes yeah, me you're think. Right. And they have the beaded door, which they had in the original layer. Mm-hmm. So I think it, I'm I'm fairly certain it's the original layer. And I just don't know like where is Leatherhead at? Was it supposed to be Leatherhead at one point? They changed it to Zog, because like I also don't know how Zog got out of the TCRI building, because weren't all the Triceratons knocked out or dead, and then the building imploded? Yeah, see, this is the part where I
1: always get, like, the 2003 series mixed up with this. Because, like, the 2003 series, they show him, like, escape. And yeah, then it, yeah. It brings him brings him in later. But yeah, I don't think they do that here, so. Yeah, I, I think you're right. So it's definitely one of those things where it's just like, oh, surprise, yeah, he, should, yeah. he survived. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. To me, they definitely are kind of small nitpicky things. You know, like, I didn't really notice because it's not like splinter is super heavily involved in this series all the time you know he's not as much of the father figure in this series as he we know him as is the other series so i think True. some of that comes from expecting him to be more of that father you know paternal figure in their lives I and mean, in this he's kind of like there sometimes not <laughs> <laughs> they don't quite have that same relationship built up with them as they do in uh as, as
0: they do in later series quite yet
2: which is which is kind of weird like because it feels like it's the only one that doesn't have that but yeah you're right
0: Mm -hmm. yeah say i don't know about you guys but i hate that purple suit on zog oh i didn't see the color i read it in black and white i didn't mind it i didn't mind it i've never liked the triceratons in purple like i know that's like what they wear but it just looks so bad to me the the orange skin with a bright purple suit i hate it Oh, purple and orange show
1: great together. What are you talking about?
0: <laughs> yeah. All of my anchovies are like super small, nitpickety little anchovies. But yeah. For me, some of the close-ups, it
1: took me a second. And
0: they were hard to distinguish,
1: especially in the Raph and Leo fight in the first book. Uh, like they have some like close-up shots of like knees hitting the other person in the stomach. And it's just, like a lot of lines. And it took me a second to finally be like, okay, that's a knee at someone's <laughs> stomach. And I feel like that could have been better in color uh, for that reason and then my only other thing is there was one page in the final issue page 25 when leo kills the guard that the way it's laid out is kind of confusing to me at first like i got it afterward but you've got panel of leo peering down the hallway and then you have a panel of him you know going and like to kill the guard and then in the middle You've got the shredder sitting and waiting. And then on the other side, you've got the continue of that, of Leo's action. And then you go back down on the other side of the shredder image to Leo doing something else with the guard and then him opening the door. So, like, you've got this shredder panel in the middle of what's going on with Leo, but like for two separate panels. Anyway, it was really weird. And mm. if it took me a second to figure out what I was trying to read and see going on there. Yeah. But it's a cool idea and concept because it's kind of like, what is the shredder doing while Leo is doing this during this whole time? He's sitting and waiting. You know?
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought it was kind of confusing that they they did a similar thing with Don, Raph, Mike, and then Leo and Saki. They just kind of kept going back and forth. So, like, you kind of see Leo and, and the shredder jump at each other. And then we go back and see what Don and Mike are doing. And then we turn the page and Leo's killed Shredder. And then you turn the page and something else is happening. like, I kind of wish they had done one, then the other. Finished Mm -hmm. one and then gone to the other. I don't know. But yeah, maybe just bounce back and forth a little
1: bit less. Which makes it even more
2: weird that they're all the same color. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Either black and white or color, you know, Mm -hmm. color mat,
1: red
0: color. All look like like the same turtle. Yeah, yeah,
2: they all look like the same turtle. Like it just makes it even harder to tell.
0: Yeah. But yeah,
1: I mean, that's the only real complaints I had for this issue. Mm -hmm. Other than that, I'm totally good.
2: Yeah, I honestly I don't really have any complaints other than just jokingly like where's Casey, April, and Splinter? Like these weren't bad at all, Mm-mm. and like you said, they're kind of the kind of the weird pacing um, for certain beats, but like now, like it it moved really quick.
0: Yeah, no, it was a great story. There is like a real moral dilemma, moral question in the middle of this book, oh, though. Oh, you know. Like- what? They take this like insane okay actually uh, yeah disturbed space alien and make here no no, no, no. okay way. yeah that
2: that that's like okay so that's actually gonna be mine Um, I didn't like how they did that to Zog like they basically used him and like like they could tell like his brain is fried and I get that they needed the extra muscle but like nobody really shows remorse that they're doing
0: this yeah, Mike kind of mentions it's it's kind of weird, but that's about it. But that's, like they but all, that's they the all it. go on with Raph's plan pretty quickly. Yeah, you know?
2: and like and like a modern Mikey or like even Donnie would like straight up oppose. Like, no, guys, like his brain is fried. Like, mm-hmm. he is
0: dying. What's weird too, like, I have, we haven't mentioned those like role-playing books for a while, but there is one of them where they mention that like, this is what the Triceratons did was they would like just send guys to a planet because their respiratory system could just like adapt after a couple days. And I I thought that was a really cool idea. And then you get to hear and it's like Zog's brain is all messed up from, (laughs) from breathing oxygen. Yeah. Yeah. You
2: know what, you know what it was? He was breathing sewer gas, not, not pure oxygen.
0: That's what I thought it was, was just earth poop is so bad. Yep. That <laughs> ruined an alien dinosaur
2: the sewer system in nineteen eighties New York is just so bad mm-hmm. that it fried this you know alien dinosaur man's brain.
0: I've got I've got two more anchovies. One is that dialogue between Leo and Raph at the end. It's just like it's so stilted. Leo's like, You're a fool, and Raph's like, You brother, you must not fail. Like it's it's so it, inorganic.
2: A lot a lot of the dialogue was kind of like that. Yeah. Um and it, it does a thing where, where it's it's a pet peeve of mine where like people try to sound more intelligent when they talk by using bigger words or speaking very stiltedly mm-hmm. and nobody casually talks like that and, and that just might be a california thing too like because we have our own accents out here but it's like nobody talks like that yeah and especially like Supposedly, 15 year old teenagers wouldn't talk like that, and granted, they were raised by you know a Japanese rat man, so maybe, but like at the same time, it's like, eh. well,
0: and we haven't really seen them talk like that up till this
1: point, so yeah. You know. I mean, some of this, once again, might be trying to swing the pendulum in the other direction, just like you know, it's just for an older readership, it's not the cartoon, we're gonna
0: use bigger words, you know, yeah, totally. That makes that more makes proper life. language, yes. proper English. My last one, I do really like the fight between Leo and Saki at the end. I think it's it's really good. It's really well choreographed. Like, Leo gets kicked through a window like he well, did. you gotta save
2: her, you know? he loved being a ninja.
0: Sorry, but this is the anchovy of it, is that Leo's getting all on Raph about how we have to stick together. We're a team. We have to stick together. Oh, yeah. The first Raph almost dies, is... and Leo leaves him just to run off of a zone immediately. Yep. Like he totally forgets his own lesson. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of that working together, though, probably incorporates that you gotta, you gotta, you know, fill your role. Leo's is to fight the Shredder. He's the one that's actually the most skilled in that department, True. you
0: know? Raph has gotta support
1: his brothers. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> all right then. Are we good to start talking about what we loved then? I think so. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm excited. But I love being a turtle! So yeah, the Leo versus Raph fight. Honestly, it's super intense. It, it really was. Yeah, they're like
0: they're going at it too. They're like, I think one needs the other in the face. Like they're Uh going at it. Yeah, it's just as iconic as the
1: 2007 movie, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. It is fantastic. Yeah,
2: it was, it was pretty brutal.
1: Mm -hmm. Or like when Raphael just like grabs the sword and he's just like, next time don't use a wooden sword. Like I don't know why, but that line of dialogue was just like.
2: I thought that was I thought that was Leo.
1: No, that's that's Raph saying it's pretty sure it's Raph, yeah, Uh, not to use a wooden sword
0: next time, which which is a total like Wolverine thing to say, too. Yeah, it's so badass. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's it's super cool, you know. Then he breaks it and they continue to fight. He throws him through the wall. Mm -hmm. That's like anytime Leo tries to. Tries to get in Raph's face. I'm like, dude, he threw you through a wall one time. Don't you like, remember that? Yeah, like you <laughs>
2: don't you don't get to, yeah. to be all poopy about that, Leo. Sorry.
0: Yeah. also I love Leo's intro that like Raph is like throwing this hissy fit and Leo just slams the door open. Like, yeah. What?
2: Yeah, if you've uh, been following us on social media, that was my joke today. <laughs> 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 it's just it was so funny. Yeah. Um, It's so serious, like, what? Yeah.
1: It's just so expressive, you know? There's a lot being said in that one panel. You got the Mm -hmm. shadow over his face, you know, letting you know, like, ooh, he's pissed.
2: Oh, like, oh, he's mad. He's a mad boy.
1: Yeah. There's also just, like, a lot of super detailed backgrounds, especially, like, in the first issue, 19, with, like, all the bricks in the sewer. Mm -hmm. You know, like, reading the, the commentary, they talk about how much like it was just inking you know i think they call this something like brick hell or something (laughs) computer calls it that (laughs) brick hell. there's just so
0: much bricks in the background that he had to ink one detail i loved was that like when we first see zog is from the back he's he's riding out of that pool of like sludge or whatever and he's got a rat on his belt Mm -hmm. and later on we see that he's like he like kills a bunch of foot soldiers and he tosses a rat from his belt into his mouth. And it's like the idea that like, he's just got snacks hanging out with him the whole time. You know, like he's this, that's how he survived. You know? Celebratory snack, dude. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. he's just like Zog rules and, and eats a rat. Yeah. yeah.
2: The Zog rules was really funny.
0: I, I love Zog. Like I love his character.
1: I would love to see him like in a movie in his loopy state very much as like a, like this new Suicide Squad King Shark, you know, yeah. very much like that type <laughs> of just, character. I felt
0: dad bod Zog.
2: I just felt so bad for him. Like you um, do. I didn't. I, I didn't like how they were using him. Like,
1: yeah, they they make it a little bit better in the two thousand three series, and, you know, a little bit, not like a lot, you know, wow. but, you know, he definitely chooses to go out like on his own type thing. Like it's very
0: much a choice, (sighs) but But, I mean, he still is. Yes and no, though, because like, did he really even know what he was choosing? Yeah, the whole the whole thing's pretty messed up. Yeah, um, I don't know. I do like
1: Zog's death. I know you guys are talking about how it's messed up that they use him, but (laughs) it's drawn real cool though. (laughs) Yeah, like like his whole death like the way you see him slumped as he's walking, like the slump they drew him with mm-hmm. and like the way they have his dialogue written, like you can hear it slowing down as you read along with it uh, until, you know, up until that final moment oh, when he yeah, dies. I mean, it's that, very dramatic. It was good.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it is one of those situations that this is messed up, but it also shows like the turtles are determined to finish what they started. You know, that's like, and it's, Zog just gets wrapped up in their pattern of revenge that's been going on with Saki for the last three years, you know. I think the last I, 15 I years and the last however many years, yeah.
2: I would have liked it if, like, they kind of treated it like that, like a, like a, oh, like this is what the cycle of revenge has done to us. Like, it's killed someone we know. kind of Yeah,
1: thing. I, I think it is, I'd, I'd consider it a theme, for sure, in the story, but, like, it's never, like, intentionally pointed out. Yeah, you like, know, I think if, I think that would have been.
2: That's that's a cool story that like yeah, they never really touch on.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I just also love a good storming the castle story though. Yeah, like, any any sort of just like people storming the the castle, you know, going from floor to floor, making their way up through the gauntlet up to their their final person,
0: so Making their way
2: town. downtown,
0: making their way downtown. And if they were gonna make a mirage. Ninja Turtles video game like this would be it like, yeah I mean this this reads like a metal slug video game like it's just like kill your way to the end you know uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> I mean I feel like you could
1: very easily just even make like animated movies of these arcs like just specifically of them that they've kind of amped up a little bit because I know we kind of got it in the, I mean we didn't get a very close adaptation of this at all in the 2003 series you know Zog doesn't even make an appearance I think in this in this specific adaptation mm-hmm. of this arc, uh, he shows up later for a different story. Yeah, yeah. So I w- really would have like I don't know I'd appreciate an animated movie of like issue one, return to New York, well, like you know the Revenge of Shredder, return to New York, and City at War. Like, right. I think that'd be super
0: cool if they ever decided to to do that. You heard it here first. People that make movies will buy them. <laughs>
1: Yeah.
2: We will buy those movies.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: We will buy them. If you make
1: animated, like, you know, movies that adapt arcs of the comic books, we would buy them.
2: Yeah. That were, Please, you know, guys. for an older
1: audience, you know, aged up a little bit. Like the DC ones. You know, DC's has success doing it. You can too, probably.
2: You know, like, it's it's just wild that, like, you know, Batman versus Turtles was such a cool thing. Like, there's a market for it. Mm-hmm. You know, well adapt adapt some of Mirage, like it'll be cool.
1: Yeah, adapt some Mirage to adapt some IDW. Don't be scared, guys.
0: The Last Ronin. Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: little little movie, little, little movie about a comic called Last Ronin.
0: It worked for the Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, well, did it? Did it. Is that <laughs> Back to season? things we like. That movie's <laughs> anyway. I Mike you talked about this in your review but that part when Mike and Don are pinned down and I think Mike pulls out the shuriken. Yeah. He's like we have to make sure every one of them counts and then the next panel there's like 10 foot soldiers shooting at them and five of them are already dead and a sixth one is getting hit. Like yep. they made all those count.
2: <laughs> yeah. They they made all those shots count.
0: Yeah. And then yep. man that final fight I like that Leo gets kicked through another window just like he did uh back in issue 10 we just we yeah.
2: love we love a good kick through the window
0: yeah and then that that two-page flash with with leo and saki and there's that pencil thin line mm-hmm. right at saki's neck oh that's so cool yeah
1: no i i have all of everything you just said written down
2: <laughs> you know I, I
1: love like the you're page You're stealing your
0: thunder, Spencer. <laughs> oh, you're
1: good. I've been talking too much and geeking out about how much oh, I love this fight scene. So I'm glad you got to do it this time. Cuz like yeah, page 31 and 32 when they like charge at each other and it's like you've got the panels on the left and then of Leo moving closer and running and then the panels on the right of Shredder coming in until they convene in the middle.
0: Yeah, it's and that fearful
1: you, symmetry down the page. Yeah, so like you cool. can see them charging one another. It's so it's told in such an awesome way. Yeah, I really love it, and also just the the burning the body scene when they're just like standing there, just like that picture of them just standing. Yeah, there that watching, was that was really good. Watching his body burning on the pyre
0: is sweet.
2: Overall, not a bad three issue arc.
0: Mm-hmm. I really think if you're one of those people that's like, ah, Ninja Turtles isn't as bloody as I remember and violent and mature, like these are the three issues you want to read. Like yeah. these are the ones that you're thinking of, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, you're thinking of this in City at War and Issue One, like yeah. more yeah, than anything. Definitely, definitely.
2: All right. Well, that's all for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that's all I got to. Sameies. Well, let's talk about some news then.
2: This is April O'Neill of Channel
0: 6. Man, I'm, I'm going to have Spencer, to... you keep going, I'm, I'm going to just hum it in the in background here. Yeah. But I only know it from the Hyperstone heist, so eventually I'm going to yeah. go into like the whole theme of that that game, so just you know, keep rolling with it. <laughs> I feel like it just
1: must be incredibly discombobulating for our listeners to have like... <laughs> You know the news that's going, the music that's going on in the background for the transition, and then just you guys just do do
2: <laughs> Part of the tr- Ninja Turtle Power Hour. <laughs> yeah, all the right. But Spencer, what, is our, what is our news?
1: So our news is something that we missed last week. The best of Splinter uh, came out last Wednesday. Uh, from when you're listening to this, at, you know, a couple yesterday, two Wednesdays ago. Two Wednesdays ago. Oh, wow. It's been two Wednesdays ago now. Goodness. So God. it's, yeah, time is flying by. Yeah, we the time must...
2: we're recording this, it came out. No, yeah. No, it came out yesterday, the 19th.
0: Just know <laughs> that it's out. It's yeah?
2: out. out. Go <laughs> check <laughs> your local comic book store.
0: And it, it reprints an Archie comic too, which is kind of cool. Yeah. The, the last four have just been straight I- a w- mirage, mirage. Yeah. 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 I, I don't
1: think that there is a lot of splinter focus stories and so you know they definitely yeah. had to include one of those Archie ones for it not that it's not a good issue I'm not saying that it's not good but, but yeah. I'm sure it is fantastic for splinter
2: but hey coming out this week
1: the last Ronin issue three
2: finally like we Man. talked about last week with our podcast uh, guests Tom Waltz uh, yep yeah. last Ronin number three
0: it feels like just yesterday it was February. I was like, oh, I can't wait till May. To, I to know. Get issue three. And here we are, finally. It's so
2: wild.
0: Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. I'm dying to read it. And after
1: that, they have them spaced out pretty decently, right? Like, we we'll only be waiting I think they're like... closer
2: to the two month bi monthly schedule. So.
1: Yeah. So we'll be waiting for like July. Yeah. End of July, okay. probably. They're, they're getting manageable. better at putting them back on a regular schedule
0: it's a five issue series right yeah yep is that right okay
1: cool yeah so and apparently there's supposed to be a new villain in this one from what i've seen from Tom uh
2: movies. yeah there uh i think idw uh the idw twitter posted a tease today
1: they posted a tease but i don't think that's the new villain uh, i want to say that that's that Hiro- was that hiroto i want th- i think it is i could be oh, wrong okay. though but i think that's what hiroto's villain look might be we'll oh see. gotcha hmm.
2: His shredder outfit,
1: yeah, because he's talking about how you know it was an attempt on his life or something. Oh, like yeah, right. And so I think that's got to be Hiroto, but I could totally be wrong. I guess we'll have to read it and see. Talk yep. about so it. Next week.
2: May 26th, uh, the day after this episode comes out, head on down to your local comic book shop, uh, and pick it up. If they don't have it, ask them to reorder it for you because they will definitely do that. Set up a pull list so that you will always. Get the latest issues in your box waiting for you,
1: or buy digitally. However, you buy or buy
2: digitally because that is also very yeah. valid. Like if you can't mm-hmm. find it, don't worry; it is available on comiXology and the IDWTMT app.
1: So definitely get out there. Yeah, and I think for news, that's all uh, I've got.
2: Only. Only news I got this week is that if you last year ordered the uh, Ninja Turtles accessory set for the 1990 movie and the Toon Diorama uh, that is both currently shipping now. Um, So check your mailboxes. You may already have it by the time you listen to this episode. Keith and I got our accessory sets already. um, And... Uh, I know some people are still getting the uh, both the diorama and the accessory sets, so just check your email. You may have uh, tracking numbers in there. You may already have it by the time this comes out. Uh, the other stuff that you've ordered through NECA, Bebop and Rocksteady, Leatherhead, and Slash is also coming out right now. Um, so definitely just check your mailboxes. They should be out there. Um, and in other toy news, that's really kind of it. Uh, last week, Super Seven did announce that they are doing uh, pre-orders for the four turtles. If you want just them in the Super Seven Turtles Ultimates line, uh, you can pre-order it directly through them. It's $190, so it's about $45 a turtle, which is the original price. Um, and it's pre-ordered directly through them. Expected to ship in January of 2022, which is about when we expect Wave Four to to release. So. Again, if you just want those four turtles, uh, super7store.com will definitely have uh, those four turtles for you.
0: Awesome, awesome. That's that's all I got. That's all we got for news. Yep, so next week, 25th, our show releases. 26th, Last Running comes out. 27th, we're talking about Last Running. We're
2: talking about it just for you guys. So we're going to read that book so quickly. Quick and turnaround. So if
0: you have comments, questions you want to ask us, hit us up on the the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter as quick as you can on Wednesday.
1: But you know, do it a uh, do it a little later, please. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Probably guys, around uh, uh, six <laughs> thirty Mountain Daylight Time.
2: Yeah, let us read the issue first. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh man, I'm um, the most east of us. I'm gonna get it first and like yeah. send you guys like snapshots of well, it. I'm not picking.
2: I gotta pick it up. Not. I'm gonna have I'm to pick it up on my lunch during work, and then like run and the drive back to work to go to read it. So oh man,
1: I yeah, I work way far from home. <laughs> I don't get off work until four thirty. So yeah,
2: thankfully my comic shop is about twenty minutes from work. So. Uh, guys, if you enjoyed the episode, let us know somewhere on the internet. You can hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Ninja Turtle PH, uh, or Ninja Turtle Power Hour. Uh, uh, yeah. If you like the show, leave us a review too. We really appreciate that. That helps other people find the show, helps us grow. Let us know what you like, what you don't like about the show. Uh, and yeah. Oh yeah. If you guys haven't checked it out yet, our three hour podcast with Tom Waltz, uh, released this week um it is it, it's fantastic um we learned a lot we had a blast talking with tom uh please check that out um because that was just kind of a labor of love for us to get him on the show to talk about the idw comic for its 10th anniversary this year so uh we're really proud of that
1: one
0: fantastic yeah. episode.
1: so thank you guys so much for listening until next time cowabunga dudes
0: cowabunga
1: <laughs> Zog rules. <laughs>